0: I think God really wants us to be victorious in everything that we do. He wants us to be successful. I am sure of it. And I don't know how you're feeling right now, January 4th. Maybe you're still in that... um... I'm sorry, I didn't even press start. Hello. There we go. Maybe you're still feeling a little bit uh, festive. Maybe you're still trying to take out the, cow waves or the, ho- the cobwebs from the holidays. Maybe you're still trying to gain momentum for this year. Maybe you haven't written your goals down yet. Your resolutions. But you know, if we're going to receive those blessings, we got to be ready to receive them. We cannot waste time. I saw a fight, a UFC fight last night, and I love that announcer. It's time! Isn't that awesome? You know, it's time. It's time for us to get in gear and really, really get prepared for the blessings of God. The title of the message today is How to Be Successful in 2015. You know, sometimes we have a lot of goals and everything, but we just don't know how to get there. And sometimes we do have the steps, A through Z, but we're missing a a component, a spiritual component, a God component. And after all, you're in church, so we're going to talk about that today. (laughs) You know, God uses lots of metaphors. And one of them that he uses that I want to talk about today is the, the, metaphor, the metaphor of life. And he compares it to a race. And we are runners in it. Turn your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. I'm so encouraged. I'm really privileged and, and, and just uh, honored. I get to give the first sermon of the year. <laughs> You know, I was supposed to give it in Spanish. (laughs) But God knocked on my door at six o'clock in the morning and told me, No, you're gonna give it in English too. So uh, all my notes are in Spanish. So if I start speaking in Spanish, just turn to your Latin neighbor, brother or sister, and ask for translation. You know what I'm saying? 1 Corinthians 9:24. are you guys there? The Bible says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will la- that, would, that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You know, in some way, form, shape, or, or another, we are involved in a race. The race of life. And obviously, here the Bible talks about two different kinds of races. The physical race and the spiritual race. And some of, them, some of us are running different types of races. Some of us are running marathons. Some of us are running Sprints. Some of us are running, uh, you know, those races like the Spartan races with tons of obstacles and stuff. But we're all in a race. And some of us are walking the races. Some of us are hopping the races. Some of us are running the races. Some of us are even crawling the races. You know what I'm saying? But we're all in a race. And... It says there's two types of races. One, where athletes prepare themselves to win a crown that will not last. And that's obviously the physical part, the physical race. But then the spiritual race are the athletes that train for a crown that will last. And the crown that will not last are crowns like maybe a medal, a gold, silver, bronze. Maybe, you know, they're training for a contract, or for money, or for fame, or for money. But things that don't last, really. The spiritual race, on the other hand, trains for a crown that will last. And what is that? Well, I think that is the relationship that we have with God. The opportunity to go to heaven for eternity. That church lasts. That nobody can take away from you. It's awesome. And the Bible is not saying that you can't do both. As a matter of fact, you have to do both. You have to have goals, earthly goals here. But you also have to have spiritual goals. It's important. And it's important because you know what? You want to feel like a winner here. On this earth, but you also want to feel like a winner when you get to heaven. You know what I'm saying? I want to see my family members in heaven. I want to see my friends in heaven. I want to see my neighbors in heaven. It's important. I want to show you a video. I think it's going to encourage you. Are you ready? Awesome? They make you want to get up and run. No. It was definitely amazing. You know, if we use the concept of this woman, of these incredible athletes, if we just use their concept of how to run a race, we could be totally successful in 2015. If you study that race out from beginning to end, and you apply the concepts in your life, you can be successful in 2015. It was unbelievable. Amazing. You know, athletes like that, They have to train hard. And the Bible just told us here that athletes that go for a crown that don't last, they go into a strict training. Not only do they go into a strict training, but they realize what's at stake. What is their goal? What is their finish line? What are they going to win? You know, those are the two concepts that we need to understand in the race of life. You need to go into strict training and realize what you're going to get at the end of it. Athletes like these change their lifestyle completely in order to emerge themselves into a a strict training style so that they can be prepared for that competition. They do things like, they they, they have a strict diet, don't they, where they, don't they, that's the Spanish word, sorry. Where, 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 where they, they they, they eat the proper food. Right? They have a strict diet. So their bodies can be a, a super well, you know, oil machine. They exercise a lot. They practice their sport over and over. They learn the technicalities of it so they can be as efficient and successful as possible. You know what else they do? They take away excuses. They stop hanging around with negative people. They tell them you can't do it. That's a lofty goal. You can't go do that. They only listen to people that are there to support them, to tell them they can do it. They only listen to their coaches, to other athletes that already did it. These athletes sacrifice money. They sacrifice their sleep. They sacrifice their time. They sacrifice relationships in order to be prepared for that physical race. A good example is the Olympians. They do it for four years in a row. Four years! We set a resolution, we're going to work out, and after a week, we're giving up. Four years. That's just for a physical crown. Something that's not even going to last. What are you willing to do? To get the crown that will last to get that relationship going with God huh you know the same the, 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 it applies as well as the same concepts physically to spiritually they apply the same we gotta go into strict training spiritually what does that mean well maybe you need to go into a, a, a strict diet spiritually Where you just need to pray every day, read your Bible every day, come to church. You know, maybe you need to not only read the words of God in the Bible, but put them into practice. Oh my God, what a concept. Learn the technicalities of the Bible so that you can be as efficient and successful in your life. How about staying away from naysayers? People that tell you, hey, what are you doing at church? What do you mean you're going to study the Bible? What do you mean you're going to change that? You mean you're not going to get drunk with us anymore? And listen to people that are just positive and encouraging. And looking at real examples of other couples and other people that are living the lifestyle that God expects us to live. And those are the people that you need to listen to. What are you giving to give up, willing to give up? Sleep, time, money, relationships. The same concepts apply for the physical race, as to the spiritual one. You say, okay, okay, I want to do that. But how do I do it? Well, you know, the Bible's awesome. The Bible tells us how to do it. Let's go to Hebrews 12.1. Come on now, because uh, I don't have a lot of time. Awesome! This is how you are successful in 2015. First of all, you got to take away what entangles us so easily. And it's very uh, direct. The Bible is so awesome. It doesn't go around circles and, and play games. Sin, sin, S-I-N, sin is what entangles us. And you know what? You don't even have to believe in God. If you're a cheater, a liar, an adulterer, a thief, and you don't believe in God, you're going to have a hard time in life. It's a spiritual concept, folks. You say, wow, really? Yeah. Let me show you some other sins. Galatians 5.19. Come on, let's go. It is very important that we understand that. This Bible is very thin. Are you guys there? 519 says... As you see, I was going to read it in Spanish. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, this is what entangles us. This is what gets in the way of having a relationship with God of having a successful year in 2015. And you know what's incredible and very interesting to me is that the first two sins he mentions are sexual immorality and impurity. Why is that? You know why? Maybe because our society is dominated by it. It's becoming a norm to see people hook up without getting married. Homosexuality is becoming a norm. Even to the point where California has passed it as a law. It doesn't mean it's right before the eyes of God. That entangles us, folks. That entangles us. And you know it's scary because the more of a sexual sin grows, it just uh, it progressively perverts itself. It gets worse and worse. First, it's going to be it's okay not to marry and hook up. And then, homosexuality is becoming the norm. And then sex with animals is going to be the norm. And then sex with kids is going to be the norm. And then sex with your uncle and your aunt and your, and, your, and your grandpa and your grandfather. And then sex with everybody. Am I going to the extreme? I don't think so. Look at the news, folks. Look what's happening around. We see impurity all over. Pornography. Indecency. Indecency. In the internet, on TV, on the radio, even on the shows that we watch. We see women exposing themselves to feel like women. And men abusing them to feel like men. That entangles us. And if we don't do something about it, it will get worse. Why do I say that to you guys, to us? You know why? Because you know... People that you love, that are hooked up together, and they're not married. And you don't have the courage to have a talk with them. I'm not telling you to go and condemn them. Oh, you're going to go to hell and do that. No. I'm just saying have the love to reach out to them. You know people that are, you know, uh, that are homosexuals. And you know, I have friends. I have friends all kinds. We have to be courageous enough to talk to them, to reach out to them. We want to be successful in 215. We need to reach out to them. Amen? You know, and then it mentions all other kinds of sins, obviously. Pick one! What entangles you? You know yourself. What entangles you? And if you tell me, oh, Al, nothing entangles me, I just found you one. (laughs) Right? Right? You say, okay, Al, so I want to do that. I want get, to get, get rid of that, all that, you know, all that sin that entangles me. I want to be in this race. I want to be successful. How do I do it? It's so awesome. It's right there. Let's go back to Hebrews 12. Look, it tells us right there. You know, the Word of God has answers for everything. Come on, folks. You know that. Check it out. It says this. Are you guys there? Okay. Uh, let's start in verse two. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's stop there. You know what you 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 want to know how to get entangled? Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's our initiator of our faith. Not only that, but he perfects it. Perfect, perfects it. (laughs) I'm telling you, this Spanglish stuff is, is... But yeah, you know, we fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the answer. You want to have faith in your relationship? Fix your eyes on Jesus. You want to have faith in your wife and your husband and your children? Fix your eyes on Jesus. You want to have faith in your work? Fix your eyes on Jesus. You want to have faith in yourself? Fix your eyes on Jesus. And what does that mean? It means you listen to what he has to say. It means you take his words and put them into practice. It means you connect with Jesus Christ. And you let him rule over your life. And you'll be successful. You fix your eyes on Jesus. It's awesome. You're like, okay Al. I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. But you know, sometimes I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. And... All kinds of things happen to me. And it derails me. It pushes me off the path. I get defocused. How do I do it? How do I get back? Well, you know what? The answer is in the Bible. (laughs) It's right there. Look, look, look. Let's read verse 2 again, okay? It says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Did you hear that? Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, your, 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 your price has to be big. It has to be vivid. It has to be right in front of you all the time. Jesus endures the cross and everything in it. Because he saw the glorious joy he was going to have in heaven next to his father. And it was so vivid, he can almost taste it and hold it. So when the obstacles would come, and everything that he faced, they was not going to stop him. Because his prize was huge. It was more important. It was bigger than the obstacles. Isn't that awesome? That's how you do it. You need to figure out if your price is worth it, both physically and spiritually, whatever, whatever goals you have, is the price that you're going to get worth the pain you're going to go through? And if it's big enough, okay, you'll get there. Unfortunately for many of us, it's not big enough. And we let every little thing entangle us and stop us. You know, we saw the video. And you know, in the, in, in, the, in the replay, we saw a little bit of how she falls. Did you see that? Yeah. And, and the commentator made a, an erroneous comment. He said that she might have been clipped. But she wasn't clipped. Nobody got in front of her. Nobody pushed her. Nobody clipped her. Nobody said something mean to her. She just misstep. She just put her foot over her, her, I don't know, what is that called? Yeah. yeah, Her heel. And tripped on her own. That was it. She tripped on her own. Kind of like life, huh? Yeah. For the most part, where you find yourself right now, and whatever you find yourself right now, whether it's economically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, with relationships, with your own character, whatever it is, however you're at right now, you know who did that? You did. You did. You can't blame your wife or husband or kids or the neighbors or circumstances or the government. You can't blame them. You gotta take responsibility. Wasn't, it, wasn't this awesome what this woman did? She falls down and she gets up. Did you see at any time where she got up and she started, oh, mending her wound? No, she got up and she booked it. It seemed like that, that fall, that embarrassment propelled her, gave her a new spring to go even faster. You know, our obstacles should be able to do that to us our own errors, our mistakes, when we trip on ourselves, she'll help us and encourage us to be better, to get up, and to move. Not to stop us. She wasn't, you know, going, oh, poor is me, woe is me, somebody help me. You know, a lot of us do that. We face a little obstacle in our lives, and we're down and out for the count. And we start criticizing and being cynical and whining. Don't you hate whiners? Sometimes you just got to bring out a, a block of cheese and say, Would you like some cheese with your wine? You know what was more awesome? When she finished the race. Did you see her going back to her wound? I know she fell hard. I mean, that's a sprint. And when you fall, you fall hard. Did you see her go, oh God, I, I hurt myself. Oh, I won, but I hurt myself. You didn't see her that. You know, she was she was in in. in, in, in she was in victory. She forgot about her pain. She forgot about the obstacle. She forgot about, you know, the struggle. She was in victory. She felt great. You know, when we get to our goals, many times we forget our obstacles and the pains that we went through. Because her prize is so glorious. Do you see that? It's amazing. This year, I want to propose that whatever goals that we set for ourselves, whether they're physical goals or spiritual goals, that we face them like this race. That we just take off. Take off. Go after your goals Hard And when you fall Notice I say When you fall Because we all fall Get up Get up And keep going You know the point wasn't that she won Although that was amazing The point is that She got up and finished the race She would have been a winner anyway. And in this life, it's not about finishing first. It's about finishing. It's about finishing. I'm telling you right now, you want to be successful in 2015? Okay, you got to get into a strict diet. A strict training, both physically and spiritually. You got to make sure that your goal is huge. So that it will pull you. Into victory. You gotta make sure you take away what is in front of you by focusing on Jesus. Amen? You can do it. We're gonna have a very successful 2015 because I know that God wants us to be. Successful in 2015. Amen? Let's take these biblical concepts and literally run with them. Thank you. with a prayer and you may be dismissed. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for speaking to us. Help us to be successful in 2015. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.